business owners back off too quickly. They think suddenly they can cut their hours down to two days a week and let this other person pick pick up the slack. And they seem to be very keen to do that very early on. And I think that's a big mistake too. Hi, I'm Adam Chatterley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty or wellness business. Basically, if you provide treatments or services for your clients, then it's for you. Now, whether you're a skincare expert, a lash technician, a massage therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, waxing specialist, whatever your area of expertise, if you'd like to have more prospects, more leads and more clients than you can handle, and if you'd like to be making more money whilst having more fun than you think should be legal, well, you're in the right place. So whether you're starting out or you've been in the industry for years, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on the tools, strategies, techniques and systems that will help you. Plus, I'll be offering some inspiration and philosophization to ensure you start having more fun and more importantly, you're making more money in your beauty business as quickly as possible. We're proud to now have over 1 million downloads worldwide and hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews. This is the podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. So if you want to check out all the episodes, the guides, the downloads, the links and the giveaways, or you want to say hello and maybe ask a question, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. Adam Chatterley, your host here and Welcome to the first episode that I'm recording from my new home here in Spain. If you've been keeping up with the podcast this year, I think I announced a couple of podcast episodes ago that, yeah, big change for the Chatterley family, my wife and my two kids. We have moved to Spain. Or when I announced it, we were moving to Spain and we're now here. Uh, and uh, we've been here a couple of days and so far it's amazing. The weather is incredible, um, which just makes you feel better generally all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the start of a whole new chapter. So we're excited about that. Now, I also want to say a huge thank you to all of the messages that I've received about the podcast over the last few weeks. Yes, we took a little bit of a break, a little bit of a longer break than we meant to over uh, the Christmas and New Year period, but we are back. We are committed. We are consistent. Uh, we will carry on doing the podcast, uh, which was always the plan. It's just, you know, we, you know, life got in the way. A whole move to Spain, turns out, takes a bit more time than you imagine. So um, we are back, and uh, thank you so much to everyone who has sent me messages saying they've missed the podcast, they've just found the podcast, they're loving the podcast, um, they're loving that things are kind of uh, back to where we were before in terms of really being focused on specific topics that are going to help you build your beauty, skin, lash, nail massage business to where you want it to be. Now, last week we were talking about skin and the business of skin, and we were joined by Andrew Hansford, who is amazing. And again, I've had lots of compliments about that episode. So a huge thank you to Andrew again. If you haven't listened to that, go back and check that out. That is episode, let me just double check. I think that was episode 168. Uh, but this week, this week we're talking about Teams. Now, Teams is probably the second biggest problem topic that I get asked about when I'm doing speaking events on stage. One of the things, if I've not mentioned this before, one of the things that I do when I'm speaking on stage is I always ask, kind of for a show of hands at the beginning, whatever talk it is that I'm doing, 
uh, for, you know, one of the biggest problems that people are dealing with at the moment. Now, number one always comes out at clients, needing more clients, uh, client cancellations, how to deal with all things to do with clients in the business. That's always number one. But number two is always around staff or team or how to build a team or how to deal with problems that are going on with your team or how to get the most out of a team. So it's a hugely important topic within our industry. Now, again, a lot of things have happened over the last few years, which have meant that a lot of people have made a conscious move to take their businesses back to just being themselves. And I applaud that. And I think that's great. And I think it's a fantastic way to really kind of hone your speciality skills, which again, as you'll know, I'm a huge fan of. But there does come a point where if it's just you in your business, then taking time off from your business becomes a challenge. Growing your business past a certain point becomes a bit more difficult. And of course, in terms of moving on, passing the business on, selling the business, having more of your time back, that all becomes more of a challenge when it's just you because anyone looking to buy that business or take that business over will recognize that a large factor within your business is you. And if you're not there anymore, then it's not going to be worth as much as it could be. So building a team is really important, whether it simply be to support you in what you do and allow you to focus maybe on the clients that you want to focus on and pass some others over to someone else, or whether it's to really start building that team out in your business so that you can remove yourself from the hands-on treatments, yeah, whatever your goals might be. Building a team isn't easy. There are a lot of pitfalls and a lot of mistakes to be made. And again, even if people have built a team, there are challenges that come. So focusing on that for today, because it's such an important topic. And I admit it is not something that I am an expert in in any way. And it's also not something I particularly enjoy working on. However, very good friend of mine, a very good friend of the show, Phil Jackson, does happen to be an expert in this topic. So I asked him to come onto the show today to have a chat with us about uh, what it means to build a team and what the pitfalls are of building a team, what the problems are with building a team, and also where to focus your attention if you are either struggling with a team you've already got or thinking of building a team for the first time. So without further ado, I am going to hand it over to me and Phil uh, in a chat that we had just the other day, all around the topic of team building and team management, getting the most out of your teams. Right. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, uh, a good friend of the podcast, Mr. Phil Jackson. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, darling. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I have a pop quiz question for you, because obviously you've been on the podcast before. I have a very uh, long time ago. Well, this is what I was going to say. When when do you think that was? Have a guess. How many years ago? Uh, well, I know it was pre-lockdown. Yes. Um, I'm going to say it's, oh, where are we now? 2023, 2019? August 23rd, 2017. Oh my goodness. How Six old are you? Six years ago. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm like a grandfather of podcasting. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm sure it was on a gramophone or something, wasn't it? <laughs> etched into a disc or something like that. People had to, you know, send off uh, tapes in the post or something to listen to them. <laughs> but I think what's kind of beautiful and poetic is I remember recording that podcast as I was on the roof terrace of my house in Spain. Right. And it was when we first went out yes. there. And you're recording this now that you've just moved to Spain. Absolutely. This is the very first podcast I'm recording in Spain since I've moved here. So what an interesting little turnaround. And that, there you go. 
brings us nicely to my question. So what has changed for you in the past six years? What's different? What's the same? Um, the biggest thing I think for me has been taking the salon away. Um, mm-hmm. So I was kind of doing my coaching thing and doing my podcasting and um, selling my online programs. But in the background was was the salon that now my husband has. Yep. Um, and that's the big thing. I had to take that away because what I realized over time was that was my safety net. And it stopped yes. me going all in on the coaching, all in on, on my business. Um, so I kind of needed to remove that um, so that I could properly throw myself into what I'm doing now. So that's probably the biggest difference. And then, you know, of course, we've all got a bit older and a bit wiser. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, that's kind of an interesting journey, isn't it? You sort of peel away a layer of preconceptions and imposter syndrome. And I will say I'm a bit like an onion, layer after layer, and everyone brings tears. Nice. <laughs> so we're kind of still on that journey, <laughs> still learning, still growing. Yeah, I love that. And and similar, similarly, no, I've uh well, mine, mine sort of my software business kind of went by the wayside through coronavirus, obviously. But again, like you say, it's now freed me up to focus on this 100%, which is the thing that mm-hmm. I actually love doing. So so similar journeys there. Okay, so we're talking about teams today. Very yeah. important subject. Um, and interestingly, something that I, if there is one subject I sort of kind of shy away from, it's very much teams. It's something that I've done in the past, but I'm not particularly mm-hmm. good at. Um, okay. So I, you know, just decide never to talk about it. But it is such an important thing, which is why we've got you here. Um, so let's, you know, let's kind of get into this. What um, because you obviously did run the the very successful salon with a team mm-hmm. for a period of time. Mm. And uh, you know, we know your turnaround story. If you want to hear Phil's amazing turnaround story, go back and listen to episode 14. We're still we just made it to double digits for, for that episode. Go back and listen to episode 14, uh, and you can hear Phil's story. But um but yeah, so I mean, first of all, what's what do you constitutes a team when we're talking about a salon or a beauty business? I think a team for me is when we realize that we can't do everything on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I have quite a loose definition of team because I don't just restrict that to the team that's on your payroll. Yep. Um, I think there is a team beyond that in terms of the, you know, everyone says that they, they don't run a team and they don't do things like outsource it. Well, you do because you probably mm-hmm. have an accountant or a bookkeeper. Yep. You probably have somebody who files those returns at the end of the year for you. You probably have some IT support. So you're managing a team, whether you think you are or not. 100%. Um, but really it comes from that kind of admission that maybe, well, two things really. Firstly, you can't do everything on your own. And secondly, that maybe your way isn't always the best way. Um, and I think that makes it tough. I think that's a challenge for lots of people that run businesses. And I totally agree because we all think, I don't think anyone goes into it thinking, I know everything, but you think my business is my baby. I built it. I know everything about it. No one could possibly know it as well as me and be able to do the things that I can do in my business. Or it's going to take me longer to show someone else how to do it. Hmm, sure. And I think that um, the business is my baby is a really dangerous place to be. I think we um, your, your business is not your baby. Your business is a monster and it's a monster that's greedy <laughs> and hungry and it needs feeding continually. And, you and wants to, to kill you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, by all means, say that <laughs> say that your salon is your baby, but uh, be, be fully prepared to drown that baby in the bath if need be. You know, we, have to, <laughs> we have to have that slight disconnection from it because um, the the 
danger is if you see it as your baby, you will always be serving your business. Right. Um, and what we need to get to the stage of, and why I always start with personal goal setting before we start on business goal setting, is the business has to be there to support your bigger goals. Yeah. Um, it's there to serve you, not not the other way around. Yeah. And yet so many times it works the other way around, <laughs> especially as independent business owners. Cool. So, you know, why is why is having a team important in the first place? I think there are some, th- and I'm not saying that everybody needs to employ a team. I have a personal affection for people that employ teams. I see them as the kind of guardians of the industry of the future in some ways, because generally they're the people that are investing in younger team members and growing them and nurturing their talent. So I have an affection for people that that have teams in, in that sense. Um, but I'm not saying that everybody needs to, but I do think there is a level of goal setting that can only happen when you get other people on side. Mm-hmm. There is a limit to how much you can do, even if you're the most expensive beauty therapist in town, even if you've got the most amazing marketing in the world and you're fully booked all day, every day, there's a limit to what you can achieve mm-hmm. on your own. Um, and I think a team brings another layer of achievement and goal setting, which which can't be there without. Um, and I think there's a number of reasons why people get to that stage. Uh, I think, firstly, you've got to figure out kind of what your legacy is going to be. Um, and what that longer term picture looks like. And for some people, they might say, well, one day I want to, you know, sell my business. Mm-hmm. Problem is without a team, you're actually not really selling anything apart from fixtures and fittings, because most people that will buy that business recognize that when you decide to stop carrying out service, most of those clients are going to go elsewhere. Yeah. So a team brings a sense of continuity and something bigger than just the owner. So we do have a business to sell. Mm-hmm. Or lots of my um, personal clients, my one-to-one coaching clients, like the idea of being sat on a beach in Spain with us one day and getting a text message saying that the last lot of profits has hit their bank account, which means that you've got a team-run salon, a team-run beauty business or a a team-run business of some description. So there's some stuff we can't do. And that was the angle that I came at it was I, I got very tired of not being able to take time off without losing money. Yeah. Um, and it was just having, I never wanted to make huge profits while I was away, but I wanted to be able to break even, even when I wasn't physically in the salon. Um, so for me, I just had to grow the team to that level first. That was my first goal was that we could break even without carrying out service. I love that. I think there is, um, I forget who said it, but I think there is a, a, a business advisor somewhere who says that, you know, if, if, if your, if your business can't keep sustaining revenue, without you in it for three weeks. It's not a business. It's an expensive hobby or something like that. It's one of, one of my many butchered quotes that I like to throw out there without yeah, any Yeah, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people are, are thinking they've created a business when actually what they've given themselves is a job. Yeah. Um, and it, it needs to be that slightly bigger animal before we can call it a proper business, I think. Love it. So teams uh, obviously come with their their benefits and their challenges. What would you say are the biggest problems or let's say the biggest mistakes that people make when they start creating a real team? I think that there's two things that I would really emphasize that I see where people are going wrong. I think firstly, they don't have a picture of what they're building. Um, so they know they need to bring someone into the business and let's say they've decided to recruit. Um, but without that bigger picture, I think we tend to take people on and take people in that maybe aren't really a good fit for those longer term goals. I think we've got to have that picture of what it is we're trying to build. Um, 
I used to, and I was guilty of this myself. I used to be so flattered that people actually wanted to work for me, um, that my interviews were kind of 45 minutes of me talking, um, and I'd take on nearly anybody you know, in that way. <laughs> um, so I've been guilty of it myself. So I think we need that bigger picture of, of what it is that we're building. And I think the second thing and, and the biggest problem that we have in our industry is that we tolerate poor performance. Um and that comes from a place of insecurity. It comes from a place of fear because I'm fully convinced that if you knew that you could effectively recruit good team members, you would not tolerate the performance that you are from the people that are in the team at the moment. Um, so I think we put up with an awful lot. Um, and then, of course, resent it and have to work twice as hard to make up for their poor results too. So this, I guess this leads into the old adage of, you know, higher is a higher, slow, fire, fast. Um, I, I think fire fast, yes, absolutely. If you know someone's a poor fit, um, then I think that's. I think you have a duty, you have an obligation to end their employment with you and let them find somewhere that they can flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hanging on to them in the hope that things will turn around, I think, is is, is a very quick way to frustrate yourself um, and and waste more of their time when they could be doing something you know a lot more fruitful. But I think also it's about having those really clear expectations at the beginning, and I don't think we're very good at that there's so many um hair businesses and beauty businesses have no job descriptions at all mm. um, they think a job ad is a job description um so many aren't setting effective targets so we have a whole generation of team on oh, ranting can you feel it it's, <laughs> I can, I can, it's, um, it's, it's that kind of subject i think it's it's one of those very emotive subjects uh for people i think uh, so and i think i think we've got now a generation in uh, particularly on the younger end of our employee scale now we've got a whole generation of people that were coached to very clear targets all the way through their educational career they mm-hmm. were told exactly what they needed to achieve at every single stage then they land in the world of work and we just expect them to instinctively know what's expected of them and get on with it and it's not fair we have to be really clear about what good performance looks like and then coach people towards that good performance um otherwise you don't have the right to wring your hands and say oh the youth of today have no work ethic and all this nonsense <laughs> uh, which is drivel but they do need a different sort of management and they need that continual coaching that continual feedback and they need to feel that you've got one eye on their future because if you don't care take care of their future they'll take care of it themselves and that's why so many are going into self-employment or changing jobs and changing careers every 18 months it's because they don't trust you to look after their future yeah that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense and i've i think one of the mistakes that I see, yeah, my own clients make when it comes to hiring people, specifically, I think when it's the first hire, is I think they they try and find another them. Hmm. You know, they think, well, I've done this, so I want to find another one of me, so I could just then, you know, hand everything over to them and, and go and work less or have more time off or everything like that. Yeah. And I think that's just, it's like looking for the unicorn, isn't it? You're never going to find that that person who's exactly the same as you. So I think you put on two things there, actually. I think the other thing is that um, business owners back off too quickly. They think suddenly they can cut their hours down to two days a week and let this other person pick pick up the slack. Mm -hmm. And they seem to be very keen to do that very early on. And I think that's a big mistake too. Yeah, definitely. So if those are the mistakes, what are the key benefits of having a team? What do you see people who start building a team quickly realize if it's done well that they can get out of having a team i think there is a certain loneliness 
that mm. we kind of yes. endure as business owners. And I don't know if you have it. I certainly have it. You know, I love the times that I'm talking to my clients on Zoom mm. calls and things, but the bits in between, it can be a bit lonely, yep. to be honest. You know, you're sat in a room with a computer in front of you. And I think there's, um, even though we're very social animals and work in a very social industry, it's not the same. Talking to your clients isn't the same as having someone who's going through the same day you are. Um and I think that social aspect with somebody who's on a level with you is really important to us. And I think it's also realizing there's someone else to shoulder some of the burden. And I think there's a lot, you know, when we, particularly at the moment, when we're watching every penny that comes in and goes out of the business, uh, you know, having someone else who can work towards a target with you is very encouraging for you and for them. Um, so I think being able to share the burden a little bit is is massive. Um, and I think it's also a real flag in the ground as far as your profile is concerned, as far as your clientele is concerned, is that you're showing that you're growing. And I think mm. that feels that you're reaching a level of potential, which is very exciting for a lot of business owners too. Um, and I and I do think that a lot more people could do a great job with teams. I think you do find your level. Um, you know, I've run a team, I think the biggest we got to was, um, so my salon was a hair salon. Um, I think the biggest we got to was 15 stylists and then eight apprentices and, and um, support wow. team members. And it was too big, it was too big for me. Um, the, the sweet spot for me was 13 to 15 on the payroll and I could manage that really well and it wasn't overwhelming to me. Um, so I think when you find a level with team, I think you find a, a certain number that works for you and supports the business goals that you need. And I think that's another thing that people are um, very disconnected from is we've got to figure out what you want the business to achieve and then mm. that will dictate whether you need to employ anybody at all. Um, and if you do, how many team members you need and how much they need to be charging. So we need to go back to that very, uh, that bigger picture goal setting at the very start, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting and it's fun and it's great to be able to have a Christmas do and it's great to be able to, <laughs> you know, tut and roll your eyes at the end of the day on a Saturday when you've had two nightmare clients in a row. It's that It's that kind of social side for me anyway. It is that real daunting task, isn't it? Specifically when it's like your first person that you're taking on to actually work with in your business. That mm. It seems daunting in that way, but I'm 100% on board with you. If you know what you're aiming to get to, then it, it it's, it's it. It's a milestone. It's a step on that ladder to, to reaching those goals. And I think there's some stuff we can do to take that fear away in the early days too. Um, you can, we, we can't always do it, but very often I would encourage people, if you're, if you're aiming to take someone on who works full-time, for example, mm -hmm. um, why not see whether they'd be happy with a three-day week to start with? And then when they hit a certain level of utilisation, a certain level of profitability, you can afford to increase their hours a little bit. So it just feels a bit less fearful on your side. Now, I appreciate some people that you're offering positions to aren't able to do that if they've got mortgages to pay and they've got other bills that they have to cover they might not be able to but if it's a younger team member and they're still living at home with their parents then it might be an option where, where mm. we can have them on a tapered start um so i think that takes a lot of the fear away and and i'll go back to a previous point in that we've got to be really clear on what the expectations are um so i would always have a set of targets and i would share these in your interview even before they've taken the position you know within 3 months this is the level of performance i expect and then we know that they're going to be profitable if you're um if you're unclear at the start or they don't know what's expected of them then we can't really complain when they start costing us money uh, that's a really interesting point i was i was going to ask that next there's this there's this sort of um expectation around kind of more in the hair side of things but it's, it seems to filter through into beauty of this kind of um 
a member of staff needs to generate three times their cost. Mm. Um, first of all, how true do you think that is these days? And secondly, when taking on a new member of staff, what's your view of how quickly they should get to whatever that that kind of goal is that you're setting for them? I think the the three times thing is a start. It's mm-hmm. a good starting point. Um, I personally find it a bit low. I think right. really we should be aiming for three and a half to four times wages, but oh, it will okay. vary business to business. And it depends what offer, what services you're offering. So in hair, traditionally it was three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're something like a laser hair removal clinic, actually three times should be an absolute walk in the park. <laughs> but, your, but your cost profile is going to be very different too. So it does vary hugely business to business. Um, as far as that level of performance is concerned, really, I think it depends on your marketing. Um, I'm good you know i'm pretty good at getting people busy i can market a business effectively mm-hmm. so for me it was three months if it well it depends if it was a new column so a new column team member is not replacing somebody yep. then they would have three months right. um so i know that my marketing is effective enough that if you're not hitting those numbers after three months there's something going wrong we're not getting those return clients you're not upselling you're not performing at the level that i'd find acceptable um if they're replacing someone then it might be as, as short as six or eight weeks with you, with you. Okay. So on that note, then what's, uh, what are some simple ways that someone can kind of make steps towards getting the best out of their team? Oh, it's about performance management, which is my favorite bit. <laughs> it really is. Um, and we can't shy away from it. And that's really hard. If you've got a team that's established and you've had someone working for you for sort of, you know, seven, eight years, and then suddenly you're starting performance management meetings that's going to take some selling. It's going to take a little bit of persuasion that actually this is in everyone's interest. But I think particularly these days, you know, I'd say really for the last three, four years, we can't afford to have people on the teams that aren't performing. Um, But we end up in this situation where people are, you know, they feel like a performance management meeting is something that happens once a quarter and it takes an hour and a half, which is nonsense. Um, So for me, performance management, I would book out 15 minutes per team member per week. Um, and those meetings were always done in less than 10 minutes. It's a really right. short, sharp, snappy meeting, completely fact-based. It's not an appraisal where we're reflecting on your last year's performance and how are you at work <laughs> at the moment? Are you happy in your work? It's about this is what you achieved last week. This is your target for this week. What help do you need from me to make sure we hit it? And it's really that factual. And because we're doing it so frequently, those meetings tend to be really short too. So it's it's right. not a huge onerous task. Um, so so some really clear targets communicated with your team members regularly. Um, it's the easy win. If it's not happening in a salon, I, you know, I can walk into a salon that's either breaking even or not quite. And if they've got team members and they're not doing performance management meetings, I know I can turn them around in three months really easily. It's right. so effective. Amazing. And your thoughts on commission these days? How important is commission to get team members performing these days? I think that you can't have it both ways. Um, You're either going to pay a decent commission or your basic needs to be a lot more impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's 
really, I mean, there's a kind of holy trinity in that we have our pricing and our commission and our basic wage are, are inherently linked. Um, and I see lots of salons trying to disconnect them in that they, you know, they're increasing their prices, but not increasing their wages or the minimum wage has gone up, but they're not having a price review at the same time. They all have to kind of move up in synchronicity, I yeah. think. Um, as far as commissions concerned, I I, I wish I had been brave enough to not have commission in my salon, if I'm really honest, okay. um, because I think an impressive basic wage buys you a lot of freedom as a manager or as an owner. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not your job to motivate yourself anymore. It's my job to motivate you as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think commissions rely on a level of self-start. They they rely on a level of self-motivation. Whereas if I can say, actually, I'm paying you for your time and this is what I expect from your time, get on with it. Yeah. I think that's got a slightly different flavor to it rather than, oh, you're not going to hit your commission target this month, which kind of feels, you know, sometimes they just kind of go, and, you know, it's, it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, so um, what? So that said i've seen some really interesting models more recently where you know it's a whole team commission so either mm. everybody gets it or nobody does which i think is kind of interesting um i have shied away from commission a little bit because as you know i love my salon memberships and memberships yes. and commission can be awkward bedfellows mm. sometimes to be honest so um separating the commission out can help with that a little bit but um i think the other point as far as commissions concerned is it's not um, we almost need two sets of targets. So I don't coach team members on a commission target at all. The commission target is for them to achieve or not. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't coach them towards a an acceptable level of performance. And sometimes we just need to have the have the balls to say, actually, this is your job. This is what's expected of you. And anything less than that is not acceptable to me. And that's disconnected and separate from a commission target. That makes a lot of sense as well. I love that. Now, obviously, you are the expert in getting the most out of teams in this environment. And, you know, we've we've talked about this several times over the clearly many years we've known each other. And you've now created a, a resource, a program to actually help people get the most out of their teams. And when you told me about this a couple of weeks ago, I was so excited about this because I know it's such an important thing. And it's something I, I fully admit I'm not great at. And it's not something that I kind of... Um, focus on but it's something i know a lot of my clients probably this the when i used to ask the question from a stage of like you know what what's people's biggest problems number one was always we need more clients and how true that mm-hmm. is and all that kind of thing but number two yeah. was always 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 staff or team so mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about the program that you've created sure so this is my first completely specific team program it's called dream team rocket fuel Love it. and what i've tried to do is put a whole journey together so it takes you through firstly whether you need to recruit and build a team at all in order to right. hit your goals and then it takes you through the recruitment and selection process so there's my documented process in there for you too and then we go into performance management so it takes you through that structure for those weekly um one-to-one meetings where we're coaching people towards those better results coaching them towards the targets we need them to achieve and then there's one very tiny very depressing module at the end which is called <laughs> time to say goodbye which is about when actually it's not working it's to give you the confidence and the the nerves of steel that you need to be able to just say we're done. Our journey together is over. Um, so it's designed to take you through that entire team journey. Um, so it's called Team uh, Dream Team Rocket Fuel. 
And it's also um, unusual for me in that it's not something that's kind of available all the time. Everyone will be starting the program together. There's mm. a big element of group coaching and support through there too. So you've got some meetings with me to get all your questions answered because every team's different and you need that slightly yep. individual approach too. Um, so bags and bags of support. And uh, and I'm really excited for it. And I'm really pleased that you're excited too. I'm I'm hugely excited because I think this is this is it is like that next step in your business. And it's it is a daunting step, as we've said. It can propel you to such amazing things. But this really is, this is what I love about it. It's not like, oh, this is just how you have team meetings, or this is just how you kind of formulate a commission program. This is the whole thing from like start to finish of, yeah, should you do this right now? Is now the right time through to mm-hmm. how to start, how to find someone how to make the decision, how to make the offer, how to get the best out of them. And, and then, yeah, like you say, what to do when it's not working. And yeah. I just, yeah, so I, lo- I love this approach. And also the fact that you get access to Phil as well. So it's not only Phil's incredible knowledge around this topic and his workflows, worksheets, examples, everything, but actually you can kind of pick his brain for your business as well, which I just love. So if if you're listening to this and if you're interested in it, wh- where can people go, Phil? Where can they go to find out? Because I know this is something that's coming quite soon. It's, uh, yeah, very, very soon. So teamrocketfuel.com is the website. All right. the details are on there. Um, and we start with a live call where I'm going to kind of, um, your induction into the program, if you like, well, I'll take you through all the resources that we've got available. And then you've nice. got a full 12 weeks of group coaching calls. So, and I have group coaching tw- calls twice a week. So you've got 24 opportunities to get wow. all your questions answered. Um, and we've got that entire process mapped out. And yes, there's a module in there on team meetings. And yes, there's a module in there on selecting your commission structure too. So I've tried to tick as many boxes as I can for as many different situations as I can, but I'm hoping it's a resource that you're going to come back to again and again. And who is this for specifically? Is this is it for people who've got teams? Is this for people who are thinking about teams? You know, what who would you say this is ideal for? It's ideal for anyone who's looking to start building a team. Or Mm -hmm. they have a team and there's some frustration in there. So there's a problem that needs fixing around performance management or they feel like they're being held over the barrel a little bit and they don't feel that they can, you know, be the strong leader that they were always meant to be. Um, But if you've got a wonderful team that's performing and ticking all the boxes, then you've got it sorted. You don't need my help for that. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Phil, I genuinely am really excited for the program because I think this is something that's so needed and and I'm going to be kind of encouraging any of my clients who are interested in this or, or feel they're in that zone to to come and have a chat with you as well. So Wonderful. if you're interested in that, like you said, give us that uh, website address again, just that to remind people. Teamrocketfuel.com. Teamrocketfuel.com. We'll obviously put the links and everything in the show notes pages and in the podcast description as well. So if you're listening to this on uh, any app on your phone, just go to the podcast description and uh, we'll put a link in there as well. You can go and check that out straight away. Phil, as always, a genuine pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for putting this together and for spending the time with us on the show today. I massively appreciate it. You're more than welcome anytime. I will see you in another six years. <laughs> see you soon. Bye for now. There you go. What a what a great, succinct, perfect little episode, I think, around about the topic of team building. Some great kind of insights there from Phil with the problems that he's experienced whilst working with clients on team building in the past. And also kind of 
really good insights in terms of the hope that you can have and how quickly a team can be turned around within your business, even if you've been struggling for a period of time. Now, honestly, I don't know anyone who can help you with your team issues quite so well, or with quite so much good humor as Phil Jackson can. So if you are in that zone of you're not quite getting the most out of your team and you want to know how, or you're starting or thinking about building a team and you want to do it the right way around, then I highly encourage you to go and check out Phil's program today, even if you go and just have a look at what's going on in there for now. Now, you can obviously find out more by going to the episode description. Uh, So whatever podcast app you're listening to this podcast on, we will put a link in the episode description to go and find out more about Phil's program. Or you can go to the website, which is beautybusinesspodcast.com and find this episode and all of the links and the information that you need will be in there. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Uh, We'll be back again very, very soon with another episode for your entertainment, enjoyment and education. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at.